Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. This has been a very odd week for me. First of all, the new Simpsons episode was bad, and this episode was not as bad. It's just, it's it's a crazy backwards world. Is it, is it opposite day? Is that what we're doing now? Every, it's, I've had live, one of those since middle school. We live in chaos, Matt. Okay, just, you just have to just embrace it. You have to accept it. Okay. Except immerse yourselves in chaos. That's what we have to do. Hello, we are Buddy by Sports on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, $2 a month, gain Jackson to all everybody's bonus podcast. $5 to get you bonus podcast, plus new episodes early, plus old episodes that are falling off the main feed, plus uh, access to a bunch of other stuff. Man, we do so much, Matt. And it's the best deal in podcasting, as I've said many, many times. We have some people to thank. Fantastic. Uh, Josie Taylor Lane. Thank you, Josie. Thank you, Josie. Connor Lynch. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Connor. And Joe Horn. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Uh, this week's episode, Eeny Teeny Maya Mo, which is a very bad name for an, uh, this episode. It really is. That's for not, an episode that, uh, that is of decent quality for <laughs> as well. Also, like, yeah, like it's really a low, uh, like here, I'm going to put this disclaimer up front. Any short, little, any mention of short, little, tiny, like, if we inadvertently make puns of those na- of that nature, they are almost assuredly unintentional, um, which is not what this episode does, but it is what no, we are. this episode we, goes hard on the short jokes. Uh, I was going to, I'm just going to be, that's the first disclaimer. Sorry, sorry, I should have said it goes long on the short jokes. No, Matt, just. It's it tall does. on the short jokes. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to talk about that. It's the primary thing about this episode, really. Um, this episode, LABF06, originally aired April 5th, 2009, written by John Frank, directed by Nancy Cruz, received a 3.8 rating with 6.5 million viewers. The couch gag the family is drawn in on a series of animation cells that flip down onto the screen. Homer is naked until Marge pulls down one last cell to close him. It's all right. It's all right, couch gag. I don't mind this. It's fine. You can. That's true. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind this one. It's fun. It's fun. It's a cute little. I like all. I always like the animation gags. I'm pretty sure. I like. I always like, especially in couch gag. Um, that so begins. Homer watching hockey, which I, I it already got me on a on a on a on a, on its good side, Matt. All right, hockey season is literally. I figured, I figured you'd be all about that. Homer I, watching hockey. It's normally it's football, but they were like, hey, we have some jokes about fighting and Canadians, so let's make it hockey this time. I, yeah, there is some vague. I'm gonna say it here, like these these guys Canadian accents is not. I think it's Hank Azaria and maybe Harry Shearer also doing Canadian accents. Uh, I don't be just uh, having lived there. You just you're not quite. You're yeah, I don't know. You're just not quite there. Uh, it's they're fine. Um, but hockey season literally the the first game is the day we're recording this. So I'm amped to watch some hockey in the next few weeks. Um. There's a at least they get the details right. Like the uniforms actually look correct, jerseys and the pads and all that. Like the last time they had hockey animated, it looked weird. Like they didn't know what they're like. It felt like they hadn't watched a hockey game before they animated a hockey game. <laughs> uh, and now you watch this and they're like, oh, that looks like hockey players. Um, Homer's watching hockey, ignoring Maggie. That is the primary function of this. It's just to show Homer ignoring Maggie because this becomes, I guess, the B plot. Of this episode is Homer, Marge, and Maggie stuff. Um, That's what it's supposed to be, but it's just 
kind of ignored. Yeah, it's there. Uh, it they spin it. It's fine. Again, I would say it's fine. I it doesn't. They don't really. Again, it is window dressing for the most part, and I think that's my. It's not really a problem because I don't think they intend it for anything but that. Um, he's even ignoring Maggie. He's ignoring Maggie for a while because Maggie now thinks the dog is her dad. They make an extended joke here. Um, and I do say extended because this this is I Matt like a lot of these episodes were like oh we get five minutes of nothing to start the episode I'm like who cares like it's not like they're gonna put those minutes to better use somewhere else yeah no. but in this episode they could have definitely put those minutes to better use somewhere else like the Mo and Maya stuff if it had more it would be better. It would be. And it's one of those things where if they just spent a little more time, then the conflict between Maya and Mo would have made a bigger impact than whatever they're using this for. Yeah. Instead, we just get a bunch of kind of, I don't know, it feels like filler. It just feels like Homer and Maggie stuff. You know, like they eventually intro into the Mo plot, which is effectively the A plot of this episode. But Sansa Helper, we get jokes here about Sansa Helper being actually being Maggie's dad. Like he changes her diaper, walks her out with the other dogs in the neighborhood. It's weird. Uh, we segue into Homer having a daddy daughter day with Maggie. They get donuts. They walk by the tire flyer, and then we get to Moe's. Uh, I do. I, I feel like I don't want to shortcut this because this takes three minutes. It takes a very long time to get through all this stuff, which doesn't really end up mattering very much. Um, Mo. And this is also like this is always in the is this is, feels like this is in the background of this whole episode. Does Homer not have a job anymore, Matt? Well, no, Robbie. This is all that's supposed to take place on the weekends. I'm sure because obviously, if Homer had a job, he would be at his job during the day, and that's why Maggie would be spending so much time with Marge. But in order for this episode to work, Homer has to be available every single day to go hang out with Mo. That's again that like it's these things are on the edges that and like. This is a Mo episode. It I don't need Homer. Homer episode, I don't need although... Homer. I don't need Homer. Who cares? I don't need Homer here. He can be like they do a double date later. That's fine. Pop in with the Simpsons. But I like there's and Homer is just drunk all day. Like again, it's just like they're just like, oh yeah, Homer's an alcoholic. And I'm like, these they still need to pay bills, right? Like they just have and like Marge is like, you need to spend like... time with more bag time with Maggie. Marge doesn't go, why aren't you at work? Like, he would be working. That's why Homer can't watch Maggie. In his, okay, it's, this is a very minor part of the episode. It's just, I get hung up on it like crazy whenever they just completely ignore life. Uh, Moe's cleaning, Matt. He seems... For the first time ever. At least, maybe the first time we've actually seen it. Yeah, this is a first. I don't think we have ever seen Mo actually clean the bar. The only time it would be, like, when he converted the bar into uh uncle mo's family feedback and he didn't really clean it they just put in we tore it down and put yeah, it back up so they just put new stuff in and then there was also when it was club mo so a couple of times it has been torn down and completely redone so it's only been disgusting since those episodes oh fair enough um there is some continuity in this in this episode matt so there is some interesting nods there in is it. uh yeah i like that a lot yeah so there's that in here um most cleaning um homer is there with maggie he puts maggie on the pool table to uh as a babysitter i guess um, <laughs> the, the baby the, the pool table is the babysitter um but then homer uh homer and mo together find a window that mo has i guess has been covered with filth for years and years and years 
And this window opens up onto a playground filled with infants, other toddlers and infants. I'm going to stop. How lucky for this episode. I mean, yes, it's, it becomes a convenient place for Homer to put Maggie while he is drinking. That is the running theme of the, of this whole episode. But on like in the background, Homer going to the bar, Maggie is in this playground. Am I supposed to even wonder for a moment about who are watch, who's watching these children? Robbie, if you do that, then it's just going to be awful. Like you're not going to have uh, you're going to have to think about all these things that are not germane to the episode. Like, couldn't it just be a play school? Ne- like a, a like a like a you know. Well, it has to be unmonitored because then the other babies couldn't bully Maggie, and Homer couldn't come to the rescue later. Okay, I just it's just again this B plot just a- asks more questions than than provides answers. Um. So the kids are watching. the The kids are playing. Maggie gets put in with all the little, the other little babies, and the guys, all the barflies, are there, and they are watching her and the kids play. When Mo gets their attention by firing a gun into the air, because he wants to tell uh-huh. a story. This is our intro into the a plot. Is Mo just like inexplicably like, "Hey, I want to tell a story. I, I like. I don't need. I don't need this." This is all the this stuff is the weakest part you, of the You could just episode. have Mo cleaning and people want to ask him why. You don't need it to be this over the top. It's so it's so overt and awkward. Um so Mo tells the story. I didn't pull I haven't pulled a clip yet because this is the boringest stuff. This is so boring. I have no idea why they chose this as the path to enter into this plot. Because Mo tells a story about going to the library and being on the computer there. Using the computer at the library to go on the internet. I don't know when he does this, because when is Moe's closed? Uh, apparently, at some point during the daylight. So maybe this is in the morning, even though he says at night. Maybe we'll just understand what night versus morning is. I know that's the thing, Matt. Moe says it's at nighttime, but he runs a bar. The bar is om- he's the only one. He works seven days a week unless they're closed for a day. And I mean, that's the other. We're going to cover like how many days happened in this episode at a certain point but this is the story we get told Mo is at the library and he's chatting up some person on internet chat uh and is excited because he gets to tell them new tell them knock knock jokes and they're delighted by them and we get Mo telling us a story of him meeting who turns in this is maya uh and tell and hitting it off with her on on chat and we see extended sequences of him typing and basically chatting on the computer again this is like and it's like it's two layers of boring like it's just him telling a story about typing like are you this is how we do this like you can't you can't dress this up we can't make this more exciting versus i am just type i'm typing on a computer I, I wrote in the in the notes. This is the best way to watch this. This is very exciting television where I'm watching Mo tell a story <laughs> about him typing on a computer. Um, we eventually get somewhere with all this. It takes a while, probably five minutes before we actually get to anything interesting, because we finally get to like, oh, they're hitting it off. They're building a relationship online. They have it. They have a have a rapport. Okay, and at this point, I don't know who. I think Maya Maya sends Mo a picture first. And this is our first impression of 
what Mo thinks of Maya and his own struggle in sending his own picture. So, what does she look like? Whoa! Yeah, she was a knockout, which meant I was screwed because now I had to send her a picture of me. All right, before I send this, I'd better uh, unbeady the eyes, de-neanderthal the brow, smooth out my hate lines, lighten up the ear hair, switch my lips, then black tie the whole deal. Uh, I can't build a relationship on a lie. The lies come later. She thinks I'm cute. Oh, fabulous day! Kalu Kale! <laughs> so, that's why I'm cleaning things and flushing things and making this place look respectable. She's coming to meet me here tonight. Okay. Robbie, I'm going to say something. It's mm-hmm. kind of a crazy idea. Crazy idea. I generally like Mo in this episode. Because Mo is not his usual incredibly hateful self. He's cantankerous, but he's not joking constantly about suicide or, you know, just being awful and mean to people for no reason. He's genuinely trying. And that, I think, is what makes this episode good. Well, not bad. <laughs> uh, I don't know about good, but not bad. Better. Better than it could have been. Better. Is Mo is a genuinely likable character, not a stereotype, not a caricature, an actual character. You root, you root for Mo in this. Like that, that, and I included that that bit here because that is the thing. Like they start you off with, Mo has he we we see him struggle with how he looks, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna change my picture. I'm gonna Photoshop myself to look better, and I'm gonna send that picture. And then he resists the urge and does the right thing and so sends a picture of himself, and it Maya's fine with it, and. That is very relatable. That's a very, like, every, most people struggle with, you know, how they look and they are, can't, you can, like, oh, you, that, I guess, in the, especially in the internet age where online dating is much more common, where the first time you're seeing someone and the first time you're showing yourself to someone else can be very intimidating. And the, that, this takes a little bit of courage on Mo's part to send just a picture of himself when he is so, kind of, his own self esteem is so fragile. And you want to root for Mo. You want him to succeed. And you're right, man. There's, I don't think there's any suicide jokes in this whole episode. Not a single one. And hey, it's a Mo episode. Post Golden Years with zero suicide jokes. I, I it's a high, it's a low bar to clear, but they get there. Um, so Maya thinks he's cute. Tells him, and you're like, okay, that's interesting. Let's see what. And like, I already know, obviously. We, we already know the premise of this episode. We know Maya's a low person, and we'll, we're that's we're waiting for the shoe to drop, because Mo doesn't realize it at this point, because the picture plays with perspective. You know, the, my, the picture Maya sends is a place with perspective, and so Mo doesn't realize yet that she is a low person. Uh, we cut to the very important B-plot, where Maggie's about to get bullied by a bunch of the children here. But he's, she is saved at the last moment by Homer. Homer comes in, grabs her, and leaves. And then we cut to Mo, basically getting the getting the cleaning up more. Even he's kind of getting the place, getting the the the, the bar even more ready for Maya. I feel I feel like it's a little strange that Maya is meeting Maya is meeting him here. Like, wouldn't like go to a coffee coffee shop or? Yeah, like his bar seems kind of a weird place to put this. I'm but not I mean, sure I why, but you know. I mean I know why. It's because they want. 
to make it a spot that we recognize. They don't want it, and like they have, it's a way for them to control the environment and let us have like more obvious, more obvious little person jokes, Matt. That's the other, the other thing well, about this. Yes, of course. So Mo's getting ready. He's very, he's a little self conscious again, relatable, and makes you want to root for him. You're like, oh, he's nervous. Yeah, everyone's had that feeling before first date, before meeting someone. This isn't really a, a is this a date? Have they even? They're just meeting, technically. They're just meeting, but I mean, it's kind of a date, really. Yeah, like it's very clear. Like it, maybe they're like this is a feeling out period where like it's a half date. You know, if it works out, they'll go on a real date next time. Um, Mo's getting ready. He's a little awkward and again relatable. And you are rooting for Mo, and that's again, Matt. I agree with you. This one makes this episode better in that Mo is kind of a n- nice-ish person. This whole episode and very relatable. Um, then we right. This is a we have the 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 last scene before the end of the first act where Maya shows up and Mo meets her for the very first time. Okay, she said she'd be here at exactly eight o'clock. You call her my girl a liar? Okay. I've been stood up. Mo, I'm down here. Oh. You're a little person. I'm no. I'm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I, what, what, what's a correct term? Little person. Whoa! Look at me being polite. So, aren't you gonna invite me in? Of course. Of, um, I, I just have to. I have to tidy up the place. Just one sec. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's better. So that that is the sound of Mo tearing down a a banner that that says a dwarf tossing competition Mm -hmm. and then throwing little women in the garbage which is our callback of the episode Uh, to when mo read i would say that's the second that's the first of two callbacks man first of two callbacks true when mo read little women to the people at the at the uh, homeless shelter see and that okay this this is a very convenient spot for the yin and yang of this episode it is it is because the little women joke and reference is smart and clever mm-hmm. because little women, the book itself, nothing to do with an actual little woman. Right. And you don't even have to have read the book to really know that it's a callback. It is a callback to Mo reading it prior, but also it serves on its own n- notice where Mo is just really nervous and very anxious. Doesn't want to uh, be rude to Maya. So he, he's like, uh, and he, like he just glances at the book, sees the title and there's stars in the trash. That's very smart, very clever, and it is not making a joke about little people. And it's not it's not rude it's not a rude mean joke. It is not and also not an easy lazy joke. And then you have the but you have also that first half of that where he home where where Mo is tearing up a banner for a dwarf tossing contest. Yeah, which okay <laughs> I can almost appreciate this because I feel like one of the things that makes people who live in cities generally more tolerant and diverse than people who live in more, uh, what's a nice way to say, non-diverse communities, rural areas, yes, uh, is because they're exposed to a large amount of people and they realize, oh, people who aren't like me are still people and they realize that it's very easy to get along with and they don't have to be scared of people who are not like them. So this could be something showing that, oh, Mo is finally realizing that he should not be prejudiced against little people, shouldn't have dwarf tossing contests. But it's what's used as like a little one off joke like this. I'm just like, mm, that just doesn't seem earned. I mean, that's the, and they're like, 
This episode isn't as nearly as bad in that regard as I thought it would be. I thought there'd be a way more of that type of stuff. There's only some of it. <laughs> it's only here and there. It is not the most of the episode, which is what I was really worried about. I thought this episode was going to have a bunch of that stuff. It mostly is put in places where it makes sense, and it is not over. over it's not. It's not over the top with it, but it's this situation where like there are other things you could have done there that do the same thing, but aren't gross. Which is honestly the thing is like it doesn't make any like in the way that Mo behaved necessarily around Maya, it feels very much like. He doesn't have really a... Again, we're, we'll get into this stuff. I'm going to be the other... This is my other thing, Matt. And I'm going to bring this up. I don't know. Obviously, they didn't engage on an online... Day. I don't know how they met each other online. We don't, we're not actually told that, really. It's just Mo in a chat room talking to this person. We don't yeah. know how they, how they connected. But I... So it's not like they're like on Match.com or OkCupid or whatever site you would use there's many 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 of them now but i don't like maya should also have just told mo before they met that she's a little person and that's something i wanted to spend extra time on is yes mo miss or maya misled mo and uh for once mo didn't really mislead anyone in that and i i think that would be very interesting to show how mo feels about being misled uh and that would be a really interesting way to have Mo's character be revealed and what, how he feels about that and how Maya feels bad about it, that sort of thing. and be a great commentary on online dating and meeting somebody who you've never seen in person before. But yeah. No. And it's not like it's not like it's an unforgivable offense or anything. You would immediately understand why Maya would do such things. She's very insecure about it and doesn't and doesn't want to, like, spoil it like she wants to. Uh, maybe, you know, she is worried that they'll just immediately Mo would just immediately go. No, nah, I don't want to. No, thanks. You know, yeah. and that's again, that's relatable. Giving people flaws that that a lot of people deal with is not a bad thing. It lets you relate to the connect to those people. No one I it's very difficult to connect to someone who's just perfect. Like real people have flaws. Real people have make mistakes. When you see other characters on the screen who do this, make the same mistakes you have made or could make, you connect to them. That's how you go. Oh, I've dealt with that same thing. You understand them and they just don't develop that stuff very much uh we go to commercial at eight minutes and 16 seconds and when we come back we get mo's first real in-person conversation uh with maya where he kind of sticks his foot in his mouth but maya is a lovely person and just kind of lets it slide so maya um have you always been this size or is this like a benjamin button deal <laughs> no i mean i just your picture made you look more uh life-sized well that was taken at legoland I was afraid you'd be disappointed in the real me. What, are you kidding me? You're the best thing to come in in this bar since cable TV. And unlike cable TV, I ain't stealing you from the Chinese restaurant across the street there. I see you watch ESPN, too. I know. Yeah, that's great there, Ling Chow. So, uh, you still want to go out? That's why I'm here. Great. Let me get a car seat. Car seat? Yeah, I took out the passenger seat to save gas, but I'm going to use it now because we're going to do the town. So aside from the Chinese restaurant racism, <laughs> I got to say that the car seat joke actually made me laugh. Like I had to pause the episode for a second and laugh at the car seat joke because it was one of those jokes that 
just absolutely came out of left field. I'm like, oh, God, they're going to be this bad. Nope. Mo has an actual car seat that he pulls out because he saves gas mileage. I just it may not be everyone's going to be, but I laughed so hard. at that. <laughs> it was I want more jokes like that. Give me something completely out of left field like that, please. And when it makes sense to the plot. <laughs> I'm of two minds about it, man. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm I two minds. It's not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. It's it's it. I I don't like. I the my. I don't have any problem with it. Like it's a very dumb joke, and I don't have a problem with that. Oh, it's I very no, stupid. I have no idea. I have no problem with that, how stupid it is. I laugh at very stupid things all the time. It's more about and like I I guess I will take this one thousand percent of the time over like the dwarf tossing competition banner thing oh, like sure. stuff like that but it's also it's very clearly them wanting to make jokes about maya and not but not also not wanting to be overt but about realizing it. that that joke would be an incredibly bad taste and going you know what we can do better let's take another look at this joke oh we can subvert expectations and have something actually be funny <sighs> and honestly robbie you're right you're right because it's mostly a laugh of relief. I was like, oh my god, thank god. I thought it was going to be so bad. Because it's been a long time since I've seen this episode. I have seen it before, but it's been a very long time. I'm like, oh god, please no, please no. And honestly, I think I just... I was so happy that they didn't go with just a hacky, hacky joke that I had to stop and actually laugh I, at it. Like, I, think, I mean, that's the general saving grace of this whole episode, though, is that they largely do avoid the hacky, hack... Like, the word... Like, I can imagine how bad this episode could get and it doesn't get you know there's a lot of moments where they subvert they avoid it and i it's i'm like i'm glad but it's also bewildering to me at times because this like they are not so far removed from like just utter trash like think about like uh the 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 baby adoption episode like like and again like i i don't know why like they're they feel like they are purposefully trying to avoid the worst of the jokes around Maya and being a little person, but then it is right next to that very racist Chinese joke. Like, I don't yeah, know. Like... That's the part that, that's one of the reasons I captured this clip because I was like, oh my god, what is this Chinese thing? And then the car seat joke, I'm like, oh, so they know how to not be offensive, but they choose to? Yeah, like, like they have Hank, Hank Azaria doing this like, very racist voice, Chinese person oh voice. God, You're yeah. like, why? why? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those very two minds episodes. So moving on. Uh, so Mo takes Maya to Luigi's uh, where they get him his normal one person table facing the wall. But no, this time he's got Maya. And this this uh, this I, I guess you could call it a joke. Luigi goes, oh, she's so pretty. Why is she standing so far away? And then they cut away like there's no <laughs> like there's no uh, a follow through to that joke. And I'm like. Oh, okay. Was that supposed to be a joke? Was there some, something else there, or what? I that's a and it's a it's a thing that I, this episode needs, honestly, Matt, to level up. Like, if this episode is going to be better, which is what we want it to be, it doesn't get there. You know, like we've been we've been like, oh, this episode better, and this is I think this is the best season twenty episode we've gotten so far. Uh, it's not a high bar to clear, but they've done it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's very low bar to clear, but they have gotten. This is probably about. Our, I would say this is my favorite twenty season twenty episode so far. And if you want this episode to be better, you have to dig deeper into this, and you have to have like, I I would like that you have this scene, and 
this episode is, it, this feels it it feels like they rush through the Mo and Maya relationship because they got to get back to the ending and get back to a status quo because they wasted the first five minutes of the episode being about a dog being Maggie's dad now. Uh, very important caveats where we have to have a dog changing Maggie's diaper. Um, it's a scene like this where Mo throughout this whole episode, even at, at the times where he puts his foot in his mouth, very clearly cares a lot about Maya. Um, even early on here, like later on, he proposes to her. So clearly, obviously, he he loves her. But even very early on, he very clearly cares a lot about her and goes and feels a connection to her. And I would think there would be moments here where you have him be very defensive about it and be very protective of her. And when you have this, which this is like, this is again relatively innocuous joke where it's just they, it's a perspective joke where Luigi because she's small. Luigi thinks, oh, she's further away. She, but it's actually, but then, and then she would probably, Maya, who's relatively nice, seems like a very nice person, most for the most part, just would say, she would probably gently correct him and, you know, say, hey, actually, no, I'm just a little person. Um, and then Mo would probably, I would, you know, you have Mo rush to her defense and be very aggressive about it. And Maya would probably have to stop him and say, hey, I deal with this all the time. You don't need to, be my white knight you don't need to be my defender or whatever uh right i can do this on my own but in but they never do anything like they just show them kind of being happy together and it feels really strange when they suddenly jump into turmoil at the very end of the episode at the end of their relationship like they don't have any problems or conflict at all like they don't have an argument. They don't even like. They seemingly don't even. They don't even talk about the fact that it's Mo has never dated a little person before. Like you would have that conversation. It, like and like, sure, it might be a little weird, is a little awkward because of course it would be, but also it feel real and and honest. But they don't have that. They just have this weird scene where we have Luigi make a joke and then cut away. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's so strange how it goes. But we're going to move on. So next we have Mo and Maya making out at third base point. There's a lot of making out in this episode, Matt. There is, there is. And and I will say this about this scene. Not a lot happens, honestly. It's Mo and Maya having a good time. And neither of them do something crazy or stupid. It's just two people who like each other make it out. And that's it. And then we move on. That's it. I'm just like, oh. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm down for this. You're just setting up further plot points rather than having to put in something stupid. But then it all kind of goes downhill. <laughs> so next up, uh, the next day, Mo is feeling pretty good, but when the topic comes up of introducing his friends to her, mm, his thought process is not the most refined. How'd your day go, Mo? Incredible. I've never felt like this before. It's like my heart wants to do her. So, when are we going to meet her? Oh, I can't wait till you guys get to, um... (laughs) Yep, that's what we do. Uh, Let me ask you guys something. How would you treat a person who's generally dynamite, but uh, in some way uh, a little different? You mean like how we treat Homer? Because he can't remember limericks? I can't, too. There once was this guy from an island off the coast of Massachusetts. Uh, Nantucket, I think it was. 
Anyway, we had the most unusual personal characteristic, which was, uh, um... <laughs> 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 can't wait. Look at him struggling with the simplest rhyme. It's A-A-B-B-A, dumbass. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> oh, Matt, Matt, what? Are we really... That, like, like, there's a reason we're not calling this episode good, okay? Exactly, uh, and this is where it starts. Like, I don't mind, I would actually welcome Mo feeling reticent about, in you know, you know introducing Maya to the rest of his, his friends, mm-hmm. so to speak. That, again, would if it speaks to the awkwardness and he, the, him being worried about them uh, hurting her. Like that that is like the root of that would be Mo doesn't want his idiot friends to hurt her feelings. And in <laughs> it's and it like but in, and but then we get this weird like lim, limerick joke about Homer not remembering limericks? Like what's the what's is the joke like Homer I, very I, awkwardly rephrasing a dirty limerick? I guess I yeah, don't. That's I don't it, like, know what the deal here. Is. I don't know. That's the thing, right? Like it's just like there's just awkwardness, and you're like, "Whoa, why is Homer here again?" I don't want Homer in this. I want Maya and Mo. Like, who cares? We are exactly. in season twenty. I don't. I I'm gonna. I want to quote this. By the way, Matt, I'm gonna quote this. This is a quote from. This is a quote on the Wikipedia, and they have these all, all the episodes. Usually, I don't. I ignore most of them, but um. This is a quote from uh, Eric Asperschlager of TV Verdict. Um, Quote, spending too much time away from the family has always been tricky for The Simpsons. Letting minor characters shine can be fun, but let's face it, people tune in to watch The Simpsons, not the Sizzlax or the Flannerses or the Leonard Carlsons. I (laughs) disagree at this point. We are in season 20. There are many, many, many episodes of The Simpsons that are just about The Simpsons. Most of them. The vast majority. I don't need, like, a segue. I don't need Homer to be there sitting next to Mo to make this a Simpsons episode. So, I, again, I don't understand that, the, the, that attack. I don't understand, like, are people going to go, oh, wait, I'm watching The Simpsons. Where are The Simpsons? If you write a good story, no one will care. They'll go, oh, it's, I mean, it's in Springfield. Everyone is yellow skin. I get it. It's fine. I, like, I don't know what, how complicated it has to be. Again, Connect this back to Mo worrying about Maya, not Homer forgetting limericks. Yes, because I mean, you could have had any other person. You could have uh, been making fun of Barney. You could have had them in front of uh, Lenny or somebody. Or Mo himself, uh, honestly, would be way more interesting than Homer and limericks. It just well, I just anyway. it needs to feed back into why Mo feels this way. Why is Mo worried about introducing Maya to these guys? about his root feelings, about the core, about why he's worried about it, because he cares about her a lot, and he does he never experienced this kind of stuff before. He's awkward about it, which, is, again, is relatable. Yeah. So we have to take a quick pit stop uh, at the Maggie subplot. We have uh, to. Where they're, we have to, unfortunately. Uh, where Maggie is in the middle of a bongo circle uh, fighting a giant baby Kearney. Uh, but luckily, once again, Homer scoops her up just in time. Uh, but now Maggie has uh, PTSD uh, and Bart plays the bongos at home, which causes Maggie to freak out. Uh, and this, of course, uh, <laughs> the only part of this that's kind of interesting to me is when Marge asks Homer, hey, 
uh, you've been hanging out with her a lot. Do you know why she's doing this? And Homer goes, oh, I haven't been hanging out with, oh, wait, you think I have. And I was like, what are you doing? Stop lampshading your plots. Like, oh, my God. It's, it hurts, it, Robbie. Well, it that's, hurts. it's, again, this B-plot, they pull in, like, all this Maggie and Homer, and they turn it like a Homer Marge thing, and they use it a lot. It, like, it hits a big, sweet moment at the end. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know yeah, why. It's, like, it's that's not obviously where it was going at first, but they were like, "Oh, we have to wrap up this plot," and oh, let's make it a Homer Marge thing. It's and it, but it's so little with Homer Marge. It's mostly jokes about Maggie getting scared in a playground. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. So after this, Marge is knitting on the couch. Uh, she is, of course, suspicious of all of this, and sees a commercial for a device let's call it when you leave your children do you really know whom you're leaving them with your little angels are safe with me enjoy your second honeymoon you wash me unmentionables and you preheat the oven for two children at 450 <laughs> when you can't be there prying eye surveillance can we take images from your camera, scramble them, beam them to our orbiting satellite, unscramble them, then scramble them again, then unscramble them at all-important final time. Our competitors claim we scramble our images too much. We say, can you love your children too much? The only thing better than prying eye watching your children is you watching your children. And we know that's not going to happen. So, yes, um, this is a very dumb commercial. Uh, the whole scrambling thing is just like, hey, we have some extra time. Let's fill it up. But it convinces Marge. So Marge puts a tiny little hidden camera in Maggie's bow. I don't. I, this is should not. This should not be in this episode. Nope. Definitely. This not. should be Mo and Maya stuff. This should be Mo and Maya developing a relationship time. Mm -hmm. And Mo, uh, Mo meeting Maya's friends. And that makes later in the episode when Maya asks, hey, why haven't I met any of your friends? Make more sense. That because is as it, far as we know. Mo hasn't met any of Maya's friends. That'd be a... See, Matt, that makes sense. And that's... We <laughs> don't have time for that. We have to have a hidden camera subplot. <laughs> mm -hmm. For some reason. Because Marge doesn't trust Homer. I mean, great. I was really... Like, and that doesn't mean anything. Again, like, the, they hint at... Like, there's weird little hints here and there in this episode about, like, Marge and Homer being unhappy while Mo and Maya are. And they spin it into this weird saccharine ending that doesn't make any sense. It really, really does not. So uh, after this, we do go back to uh, Mo and Maya. Maya lives in Ogdenville. Uh, Mo goes in her house and very carefully threads the needle of accusing her of living in a tree and then playing it off as if it was a joke. And we get very lucky that's the case because <laughs> Mo, Maya is a very forgiving person. Uh, but they go inside and we get uh, Maya asking the question, hey... Why haven't I ever met your friends? And again, we don't know why she's asking this because we haven't seen Mo any of her friends. But okay, sure, we can give it a little slack. So Mo does the best he can and comes up with, oh, Homer at least has Marge. They're kind of normal. I'll introduce Maya to them. So they plan a double date. And that is where we go to a commercial of Mo's thinking, okay, I will introduce Maya to the most normal friends that I have. Good luck with that. Wouldn't that be like Carl, Lenny and Carl or... Are well, they... Carl's too cool. Carl will steal Maya away. Oh. Without even trying, really. <laughs> I forgot about all that. Um, and, like, that's the thing you're... Like, this joke about, like, 
Mo thinking that she lives in a tree. What is like? What are we? I they needed to fill time, so they went with the short jokes. I realize that it's just like this is the stuff that you're dragging the dragging it back down. Where you're like, you could fill in. There's a lot of things you could put here, where that are awkward questions. Like that's what it would. This is where this would be. Where Mo asks an awkward question about Maya and her height, and you could make it a anything. But in and there's a lot of ways that. It could be about just how she lives, you know, the struggles she faces as a person who's short and how she has to adapt. And and it may come in questions, I would think, are you want to you want to kind of toe and toe a line where you are Mo being a little insensitive, a little bit, a little bit, you know, putting his foot in his mouth, a little bit rude. But you also are there. Uh, there, I don't think here, Matt. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. I don't think there are any people on Earth who actually think little people live in trees. They yeah, are not. It, it's like they're not Keebler <sighs> elves. This is not. Th- no one thinks that. No one on Earth, not even the dumbest man alive, thinks that. Chill, like maybe a four-year-old child, maybe. But Mo is an adult man. That's. I just. It just. You're like. It's these where you're like. Oh yeah. It's like, and like this episode isn't filled with these moments. There's very few of them, but it's this stuff that you're like, okay. But it usually pops up when they feel like they needed to fill more time. I don't, yeah, I don't, it's very, like, I don't get it. It's bewildering to me um, because there are other moments of this where they feel relatively, you know, kind and, and, and honest and open about, about Moa, Mo and Maya and like Moa, that would be their, that's their, their shipping name. Um, we come back from commercial, 14 minutes and 30 seconds, uh, and we are introduced to, uh, well, Homer is introduced right away <laughs> to Maya. Here she is, uh, Homer, the wonderful girl I've been telling you about. Pleased to meet you. Uh, perhaps this is inappropriate, but I have a mechanical question while the kids are out of the room that I can't help wondering about. Uh-huh. In a nuclear power plant, just how is nuclear energy turned into electricity? Well, if I remember my high school physics, the controlled nuclear reaction creates steam, which powers a turbine. Man, oh man, slap a ring on that! <laughs> Highlight of the episode. This is this is you can, where this is. See, Matt, when you're talking about you subvert our expectations and you do it in a delightful uh-huh. way, this is that to me. This and this doesn't this is re- exactly that. It doesn't rely, and this does not rely on wordplay to make something sound like car seat. You know, it doesn't rely on oh, car seat can mean a couple different things. This is entirely divorced of it. It's just literally, it's like Homer. I have some, and you're like, and it does rely on wordplay, but it is a wordplay where you think, oh, Homer's going to ask something about like sex or something like that. But then, no, Homer asks about nuclear energy because he works there but he doesn't know anything about it and you're like oh that's 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 funny that is a that's joke clever that's a joke that's subverted expectation that's good um so homer is meeting them downstairs marge is upstairs taking this moment to w- look at evidence <laughs> which is so weird because uh. at this point she puts in like a videotape of I think it's actually a disc. They they do use a it disc is, here. It's a DVD. Yeah, they have a DVD here. There's no more VHS tapes in 2009. We've finally gotten there. Um, where it's footage of uh, from Maggie's spy cam. 
and she doesn't see anything incriminating yet. She just sees Homer kind of dropping Maggie off and at a, on a playground, but she gets pulled away before she can see anything incriminating. Um, then we see the double date where they go to a boardwalk. Uh, there is a background gag here where Homer drinks from a water pistol game and it makes his head big. Yeah. <laughs> they can't just help. They can't help themselves, Matt. They have to just be this super cartoonishness. Um, but it again, and this whole sequence here, this is it seems like it's painting a very clear portrait of like Mo and Maya get along great together. Uh, they're they're doing great. And Homer and Marge are unhappy because that's where this is going for some reason is we're going back into, oh, it's a Homer Marge thing uh, where Homer and Marge see someone else's relationship at being better than theirs and or Marge sees it. And now they've got to have strife. I, I it's very strange because we you know, like they, they they portray it very clearly where they, we have this photo booth sequence where Homer and Marge pictures are filled with Homer drunk and, and kind of looking embarrassing and mo and maya are cute together they look really nice mo proclaims loudly he's so happy he's the happiest bartender in the world um and this next scene this this the mo and maya scene where mo proposes matt i've pulled this clip but i have a question first is this is this the same night a fantastic question robbie we have no idea i like i just want to like how long have mo and maya been dating again no idea we we're going from scene to scene and there's no outside uh, evidence of time passing. So we have no idea. Like, has it been a week? Has it been a day? Has it been a year? Well, like we get like this idea of like, okay, well we have a couple, we have these moments where Homer is taking Maggie and dropping her off every morning at Moe's. And we see, I think that four different times where he, where Homer pulls Maggie out of this playground. But is that all there is this, does this episode take place over four days? Does Marge get suspicious of Homer after literally a day with Maggie or two? I don't know. Does Mo Ma- and Maya's relationship develop over the course of weeks, months, or is it two days? And Mo is so smitten with her. I don't know. We don't know that. And like, it's kind of important. And maybe you should s- spend a little bit of time to establish a timeline. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of like having, even just having Mo and Maya, like, Mo, like, these past few months have been the best months of my life, Maya literally that's, yeah. that yeah well, that. that that would make more sense because what's about to happen here do you want to play the clip uh, yeah so here we can here. talk about it yeah we i will play a clip this is mo proposing to maya and then oh boy everything goes off the rails maya there's something i want to ask you um <laughs> i don't know why i'm so nervous this makes more sense than anything i've ever done well other than keeping all my netflix movies and saying the post office lost them yeah, anyway um will you marry me are you asking me to be your little woman? Well, as long as you don't mind having a small wedding. And <laughs> <laughs> we could drink champagne out of an acorn top. <laughs> Our first dance will be on the head of a pin there. <laughs> I've been hogging all the good ones. All right, now you go, but, uh, but hey, keep it short. <laughs> well, what's the matter, doll? We were just having fun. I stopped having fun about ten jokes ago. And you just kept going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, forgive me, kitten. I mean, cat. I mean, tiger. I mean, saber-toothed tiger. I mean... Uh, I think you should go now. Okay. I screwed this up pretty bad, and uh, and I'm sorry. How long do you people remember things? Get out. So... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? What? Yes, exactly. What? What, 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 my problem with this is, is it relates to what we were just talking about. 
how long has their relationship been going on? Because Maya's up to this point has been a very good sport about Moe's halfway stupid jokes. Okay. All of a sudden, she makes a little person joke. He makes a little person joke back. He goes a couple more past, and all of a sudden, she wants him out of her house. Like, that is zero to a hundred of, of like ending their relationship because he went a little too far. I mean, if this is, if you had established that Mo had a pattern of this and she has asked him repeatedly not to go too far, that's one thing. But to have her like end their relationship over him making one or two extra bad jokes seems extreme and nonsensical. It, it is, it is so sudden. All of it is sudden. Like, and like, again, you have to, if this was okay, they were together for say two months and Mo is smitten with her, and I would go, obviously, you shouldn't propose marriage after two months. That is not enough time. But no. it's Mo. He doesn't get in. He doesn't have many relationships, and he's smitten with her, and he's not thinking clearly, and he's just like, this is the best part of my life. This is the best. The, I can't get over how well we work together, how much I love her. I'm going to promote marriage. I don't care how it doesn't make sense. Like I can buy it. Like, it doesn't make it smart, but it, I can buy Mo doing that. If it's two days, I would I would be, like, Maya's reaction would be, like, what are you talking about? We've been on three dates. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you proposing yeah, like her, marriage? Her reaction doesn't make sense in any situation. She, she, she no-sells, like, I, I presume with that first reaction is, yeah, we're going to get married. Like, right? she makes, like, it feels like a yes. That's a yes. I accept. And then... She makes the jokes, or she makes a joke, he makes a joke, and then makes a few more. But if you are close enough in a relationship to get married, you would think that she would be fine with Mo making those jokes. Because it's Mo. It's because it's her fiancé at this point, right? It's her future husband. Depending on the person, I know people who are perfectly fine making jokes about themselves and whatever their whatever their body is you know if they have a disability or if they're short or if they're really tall or anything they are perfectly fine with making jokes about it themselves or their close friends or partners making jokes about it because they know they feel safe there they know that they don't there's no ill intention they're not being mean about it it is just something they laugh about together and if they build up to that we're like we've been saying you would go oh okay or or like you said matt like you have these couple moments where mo where she goes mo that's not cool don't do that you know don't say things like, yeah, that. like mo goes too far but mo has made several terrible jokes and you know where a good place to fit those in is by getting that mo was trying to make a joke about it and being like okay that's that's not really that funny you need to stop doing stuff like that and then you could have an evolving conflict rather than being hit out of the blue with relationship over like what it's very sudden and if you're going to build to this where they're super happy together everything's great they're literally planning a marriage i guess and then inexplicably oh well you made three jokes goodbye you're like well if you had some scenes in here that made this make more sense i would theoretically buy it or you have something where it's again where i hinted at earlier where it's like mo being very aggressive and super defensive about her condition and and she's just like it's not a big deal to me why is it a big deal to you and like i think that's what they're trying to get at matt like that's what i feel like they're trying to hint toward is that 
she's not really like maybe she doesn't really care that much she just thinks like they they kind of spell that out later on she's like why don't you just treat me like a person you know like i just want to be a person to you i don't want to be a little person to you and the steps to take to get there don't make much they don't make much sense no, no uh, the, the steps are like completely out of line with that goal um so now they're broken up i guess apparently i mean that doesn't seem like a that seems like a fight but I guess they're broken up. I mean, Mo is reacting like they they broke up. Uh, he's upset. Yeah. He's he can't. He asks Lenny and Carl for advice, and Lenny advises them a grand. Lenny, Lenny advises Mo to do a grand romantic gesture because that's what happens in romantic comedies. But when that happens in real life, terrible things happen. So I, I, I mean, lucky this is in real life. I mean, that's like I thought that's the joke they're going for, Matt. But that's I, I guess it's not. Because Mo, we cut to Mo at the doctor's office. <laughs> this is just, oh, this and is, we thought that the B plot was bad. It's just this is again off the rails. Uh, because Mo wants to be short now. You gotta make me shorter, Doc. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, take out bones, guts, whatever you gotta do to make me a micro mole. What you're asking is completely unethical. No licensed physician would perform that operation. Now close your eyes, and when you wake up, you will be a woman. No, 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 no. I, I want to be shorter for a woman. Uh-oh. I mixed you up with the last guy. Ah! I look nothing like Julie Newmar! <sighs> What is going on? <laughs> uh, apparently, ending this plot is really difficult until it's not. This is what I don't get. All you have to do is, uh, is is make it so that at this point, Mel and Maya are broken up. And Mo has to go to Maya for Maya say it's over. And then we get the other ending of this because you have this whole idiocy around Mo's grand romantic gesture. And then the actual breakup of Maya saying it's over, we're not going to see each other again, and then Homer consoling Mo. That's the real ending. This is bizarre. <laughs> Mo, okay, okay, so Mo wants to be, Mo thinks the solution to all this is for him to be shorter. What? What? This is, I, but this isn't, if this is what if this is what they've been trying to build to, where Mo thinks that the problem with their relationship is that he doesn't understand being short, I, and then going to a doctor for it, like, it doesn't work. <laughs> Again, it's so cartoonish. Like, that's the problem, Matt. Like, it's just, like, so silly and stupid where, like, it doesn't, you can't, there are, like, okay, I mean, I guess, I don't, I know that I've just actually just read an article about bone lengthening surgeries to make men taller, mm -hmm. which are extraordinarily painful and expensive uh, and dangerous, but do sort of work uh, if you're willing to go through a lot of pain and uh, spend a lot of money. Uh, I mean, I think that's it. I read the article because it's very interesting to me about the impression that tall men are, you know, are capable and are, have more leadership and all that stuff. And it's about how, you know, how men are socialized. I think that's very fascinating to me. Uh, I, I, so I was like, Oh, that's cool. I don't, I is I don't know if bone shortening surgery is an actual thing, but it shouldn't come up. <laughs> like, I don't know. It shouldn't be a problem. Like, there's all, like if, all the... you, if you had to have this idiotic, grand romantic gesture thing, I, I, 
just something else anything else it's like you could that's the thing where like why make it this and it's that is the question you're like why like these these very crucial axes points in this episode where the episode swings and you'd be like well why didn't you just do something else instead uh, that says the same thing, but does it more poetically and more and and has a little makes a little bit more just common sense and make like it, this is the the thing to me, Matt. Where we we earlier were talking about how relatable Mo is in this and how much we are rooting for Mo. They write Mo really, really. I think they they do a well enough job at least as at least for season twenty of balancing Mo being relatable but flawed. Of Mo, we wanting to root for Mo, but then understanding when he messes up, and you're like he's a, and you know there's moments where he's a little bit rude and where he's a little bit you know anxious, and you're like okay, I'm I'm still rooting for him though, and I and I still can relate. Everyone has put their foot in their mouth. Everyone has said things they didn't mean. Everyone has been nervous and anxious around a new relationship. No one has the this is the most unrelatable behavior in the world no one goes to a doctor and goes will you cut my bones like to make me shorter so that i can be with this person you're like why is this like we just go to this extreme insanity with no foreshadowing there's never a moment like there's not even discussion earlier on where Mo would be like, you know, I feel like, you know, where they have, again, you'd have to spend more time where you have Mo and Maya and Mo goes like, I just don't understand what it is to be. You know, I, I like, I just don't get it, you know, because I haven't lived the life you have. Like, you would have them have a conflict or an argument early on. And Maya's like, I live with this my whole life. Okay. I know. I, I understand what I'm going through. And Mo goes, I, I guess like, that's a thing that's going to be different. It's just, I can't. And it's hard, difficult for me to understand because I haven't lived my life the way you have. Okay, that's a, that's a little bit of a much. For, I feel like for Mo to go, but you could in, in theory. I, go I mean, I, I, I'm a, not a way is, for Mo to say that in his words. That's what I'm saying. It, does, it would not be that exactly. That is the rough idea of the scene. And then you, if you want to go to this craziness, I, that is a way to get there. Even if it is crazy, at least, at least there's foreshadowing. But they don't do any of that. Instead, we get one eight hundred Doctorb. Like, like, what is? <laughs> uh, we go. We go to our last commercial. Eighteen minutes and twenty three seconds. Indeed. And when we come back, thankfully, uh, Maya uh, stops by to stop Mo from making a idiotic mistake. Mm-hmm. Ah, Maya is gonna love the new me. <gasps> Mo, why did you do this? Well, I ain't done nothing yet, but I'm considering it. Because I want to share your world forever. Mo, if you have to be like me to love me, then you're not seeing the real me. Oh, I see you, Maya. I see you every time I look at the moon. I see you in puddles after it rains. I see you in the glazed eye of a barfly who's had one too many. Ah. So cut me down to size, Doc. And can you wrap up the bones so my dog can have fun with them? But Mo, I don't want someone who sees me as short. I want someone who just sees me as beautiful. Goodbye. <laughs> and that's almost where it ends because this is incredibly stupid. <laughs> I feel like this this is the conversation they needed to have is that Maya telling Mo, hey, what I need for you is to see me as a person, not as a short person or a little person. And then they can break up. They can stay together, whatever, because it doesn't matter. It's the Simpsons. We ignore continuity all the time. 
But this is almost where the Mo Maya plot ends, which is will be fine, which would be fine. We do then have to take uh, uh, a little bit back to the stupid Maggie plot where Marge finishes watching the, the, the DVD and we find out that Homer once again showed up just in the nick of time to prevent Maggie from getting beaten up by the Warriors babies. <laughs> I was Matt. I'm gonna say I will. Okay, I hate almost everything about this B plot. It's so stupid, <laughs> but I did like the weird giant Kearney baby doing the bottles thing. I can't help it. I'm just such a sucker for the. You, you were a for sucker it. for the Warriors. I'm a sucker for the Warriors. So him doing the little. I wish. I really wish there was a baby. You know, Maggie, come out and play. Yay. Like it feels like such an easy thing, but they don't do that. Um, but I, like, I'm gonna over, like, obviously I'm a sucker for that stupid imagery, but it, this is dumb. Like, what, uh, they, Homer fights babies, man. Like, what is going on? Homer does fight babies and loses. Homer gets beat up by babies. We see it happen on, we literally, like, a baby beats up, uh, the, Kearney, the giant weird Kearney baby. <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah. the giant... <laughs> The giant Kearney baby. I can't believe I'm saying these words. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying these words in my life. I know. I the know, giant Kearney baby beats up Homer. <laughs> but but Homer is able to get uh, Maggie away, and Marge sees no, this. No, 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 is... no. Matt, 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 no, 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 no. Maggie saves Homer. Maggie beats well, up the yeah. Kearney baby. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, they are able to get away. I don't care. I, I, I think Matt, I, I just at this point. Stop well, that's the thing. Like again, they we get this unsatisfying Mo Maya ending. Like they rush to them, just like oh, they're breaking up, and you're like, why don't we have more development of that? Like there should be more beats in there. Like they just again, they just cut it to the bone to fit in. A giant Kearney baby beating up Homer, and then Maggie, like, kung fu kicks the baby away? Or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. But the important part of this is that they get away, and Mark sees this. Matt, Matt, important. That that word is doing a lot of work. (laughs) All right, all right, fine. The not important part, the germane part of (laughs) this is that Homer and Maggie get away, and Marge sees this, and... Uh, is very happy with Homer, and we get a sweet moment of Marge saying, oh, look, Homer saved the baby. Marge, why was the baby allowed to be in this situation in the first place? Why wasn't Homer there to stop this starting? Like, why, why are you... Uh, you should be mad at Homer about that part, not, the, not the happy with him for saving. It doesn't matter. This is a stupid subplot. Moving on to the actual ending, Mo is sad that Maya has left him, and Homer tells him, hey... You know, you can still be sad that this person is gone, but every once in a while you will think about something you did with that person and it will make you feel happier. And it turns out, after Homer leaves, Mo thinks about Maya and says, yeah, you're right. And that's the end. Which is an okay ending. It's not that bad. But why? Why go through all of the Mo wanting to be shorter stuff to get to just this? It doesn't make any sense. Again, is again like they they give us they segue this. It's like again, I don't I I harp on this all so many times. This incredible tonal shift where we have a baby fight Homer and beat him up 
called Baby Beats Up Homer. I can't say this enough times to emphasize that this happens in this episode. I assume most of you are not watching these episodes at this point. Homer does beat up or get beat up by a baby, okay? A giant Kearney baby beats up Homer and Maggie saves the day. And then we have this weird this it's like cartoonish and silly. Doesn't make any sense. And it comes this and this comes out right after we have this very heartfelt and kind of sad Mo and Maya moment where Maya's like, We're done. I want you to see me as a person, not a little person. I want you to see me as beautiful, not small. And you're like oh that's really sad and then a baby beats up homer and it's like this cartoonish nonsense and then we get and then so whiplash number one and then cut from from that we get homer in looking into the camera ostensibly into maggie's eyes saying oh you maggie you're so important to me and i'm so glad that i get to spend time with you etc etc even despite the fact that i've literally abandoned you for the past week or whatever however many days it's been while i go drink at a bar at 7 a.m or whatever it is and okay which is a very it's crazy total whiplash and marge like oh homer you're so sweet uh, blah, blah, blah. and then homer telling mo oh you're you know you'll remember this mo and you oh you just haven't had a lot of relationships but you're getting one and this was a serious one and you're this is you learning things you know this is life you learn and you get better at life and next your next relationship might be better and you might understand more things the next time you you know you you try and do this and that's not a, like you said matt that in and of itself is okay. But to have it after Mo Mo's mistake is not, oh, he's unable to look past his own internalized misconceptions about little people. It is Mo wanting to get surgery to chop his leg leg bones down or something. Like it is just crazy to me that they went like did no one look at the story beats and go we shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Giant Gurney baby. I will give Giant it credit. Baby. It does have the warrior bottle thing, Matt. So I'm, you know, this episode's great. No, <laughs> that's all it takes. It's just it's that to make this episode great. Uh, it's so, I think that, that's the thing Matt, where you're like, this episode is s- certainly better than I expected it to be. Oh, way better. Way better. Way better than I expected it to be. Um, I still like Maya a lot. I wish she had more to do. I wish she had more. That's the thing. This episode needed more Maya and it needed more Mo. Need more of them together. We needed it, and then like I, it, this episode, it just turns into frustration and disappointment. Where you're like, there's something there, and they just couldn't quite get there. They couldn't quite get there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you're so, cl- and it's like it's not that hard. Like it feels like just some tweaks here. It's not. I don't know. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Oh, sorry, Robbie. Is this episode broken? I don't think it is broken. No. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, I don't know if it's broken. It's just that they made some poor decisions along the way. It is. It's flawed. I don't think it's broken. Could you fix it? Could you make it better? Yes. Oh, I mean, for sure. Easily. Easily make it better. Uh, but it does also not. I don't think it falls down into the broken territory because there. I think there's a, the core of it functions well enough and if it wasn't for just a couple choices it would be good honestly like it could be good and they oh man 
it's like it's just girl come on. and i will say this like we've said this i think we said this on our uh, uh patreon uh episode review for this this past sunday's uh simpsons the new simpsons episode season 34 simpsons episode this is better than that this this tw- season 20 episode is better than that season 34 episode it's not a thing we say very much about season 20 episodes that they're better than almost anything honestly uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty bad um that's it we can move on we don't have to fix it because it's not broken um we certainly already went over what you can do to make it better uh we can move on to our next segment it's time for commentary news group okay here we are alt.nerd.obsessive commentary news group is where i ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash the simpson show um to leave their review for episode they watch it and give it tell me what tell us what they think and i'll read it on the air uh, patron at any level can can do so first from tim i'll go on a limb and suggest this is far and away the best season 20 has had to offer so far found myself actually rooting for mo here glad that we weren't witnesses to more suicide attempts rather we get what seems to be a sincere effort to have a romantic relationship of course we're talking about mo here he does his best to screw it up but there's nothing wacky about it the b plot wasn't really necessary but it didn't destroy the episode either canon in 195 doesn't really need to be fixed uh, from dara I liked this episode. I was ready for jerk-ass Homer when meeting Maya, but instead it led to, oh, what do you call it? Oh, that's right, a joke. And then when they did the photo booth, I was ready for redirect to marital problems from Marge and Homer, but instead we stayed on Mo and Maya. Maggie B's story was kind of blah, mainly as we know we all know how awesome Maggie is and won't be scared of bullies, but I did laugh at Sam's little helper being her surrogate father. I could have gone without the Dr. Nick scene instead of focusing on Mo trying to win Maya back, having no luck and getting surprisingly good advice from Homer. But I guess they had to get that required trans joke in sigh uh, yeah aside from that cute episode and almost wish we had a few more minutes of development for my mo amen uh from derek eh, this is a bit cloying and smalty which is very unbecoming of the simpsons there is no bite or edge to the show anymore what purpose does the, that b plot serve and who is it for Still, this is probably their best effort in a while, but isn't just but it just isn't the Simpsons. Maya's a bit on the irritating side, and Moe's is in his lovelorn mode, one of the three post-classic Moe's, though they're being sex pest Moe and suicidal Moe, none of whom I care for. <laughs> I mean, I miss the <coughs> excuse me. I miss the sleazy, unsavory, and apathetic bartender of old. This gets a big meh for me. Finally from JJ. Well, this is probably the best season the best episode of season twenty. Judging it as an episode of the entire show, it still can't hold its own against the golden years. The story is pretty unambitious, the comedy's bland, and Mo and Maya's breakup feels forced and only done to return to the status quo. Why should I watch this when dumbed up dumbbell indemnity exists? Episode where Mo gets a girlfriend, which is much funnier and more interesting. But a mediocre episode like this is still an improvement at this point. I think there are parts of Dumbbell and Demonity that are much better than this episode, but I also think there are parts of this episode that are better than Dumbbell and Demonity. That's true. That's true. I, I think uh, both of the love interests for Mo are very interesting, but Dumbbell and Demonity is somehow even wackier at points. It's, it's very strange. There's Yeah, there is that, that the Homer stealing, the, doing the, the whole fraud thing and going to jail. Like, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, that's it for... News group. Thanks everyone who is there who watches these episodes with us and leaves reviews. I am. We are. We know better than anyone how much it can take out of you. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What is your favorite movie with a wedding in it? I think I confuse people with this question, but 
<laughs> I think some people were like, is it a movie that is all about a wedding? Uh, no, I know. No, it, it has a wedding in it. I don't know. I think people are overthinking it. It's fine. Um, I appreciate everyone who took the time. Matt, take it away. All right. First up uh, from Dara. Uh, Muppets take Manhattan. Kermit and Miss Piggy finally get married. Still makes me fangirl out every time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Kermit and Miss Piggy. Uh, from Derek. Oh, uh, no, I can't think of uh, one from a movie. My favorite wedding scene is probably when Ross says Rachel's name instead of his wife to be as Emily during the ceremony at the end of the one with Ross's wedding because it's such a draw drop moment. But that's a TV show. Will you allow it? If you combine parts one and two, it's kind of feature length insofar as 40 minutes feature length. So not at all. <laughs> Uh, I fail at listener question of the week this week. It's okay, Derek. We'll accept that. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. All right. Uh, from Josh, Princess Bride, love, true love. <laughs> uh, from Andy, tie between Hangover and Sweet Home, Alabama. Uh, from Tim, I know the hosts have their issues with this flick, but I always enjoy Wedding Crashers. I mean, that's fair. There are I good parts to Wedding Crashers. I Wedding, I don't know. I I don't. It's not my favorite or anything. But when it crashes this fine i think like it's actually fairly honest about how empty and shallow those terrible men are yeah that's the whole point of the, that's the movie i think it's fine that is the, in, the entire yeah, idea yeah exactly it's fine yeah uh next up from i don't know from oh yeah sorry from uh, at wastecats so i have a few answers pending what actually counts spider-man 2 technically has a wedding but it's not either the focus uh nor is it finished when mj leaves to be with pete uh up has one in the opening sequence but it is brief and again not really the focus of the film I think Gone Girl has a wedding, but can't remember 100% if there is one. Considering the plot takes place on their anniversary, I'm sure you see it. But end of the day, gonna have to say Shrek. It's all about building up the relationship, and you get two weddings. Oh, I mean, you did pick the correct one eventually, but the rest <laughs> of those do count. <laughs> uh, the correct one. is There's a canonically correct answer. It's Shrek. Out of those four... <laughs> Shrek is the best one. Come on. Um, better. I Shrek is not better than Up or Spider-Man 2. Okay, okay. We are not allowed to mention Up. Or at least if we do, we have to completely negate all mention of the first 30 seconds of the movie because we're Why? not allowed to remember that that exists. Why, man? It's just, are you, it's just too sad. Uh, it just from at, yes, it's Aaron. <laughs> I'm not sure how to answer this one. The best wedding scene ever is in The Graduate, but my favorite movie that at least briefly shows a wedding is Raising Arizona. I forgot uh, The Graduate has a wedding in it. Uh, how would you forget that... the graduate has a wedding okay sorry matt just please continue uh, uh-huh. go ahead from at hippie 200 well in kill bill they only start a wedding but i'm just gonna go with that i mean that's fair hey uh, hey hey she is the bride that's exactly that's it, that's right. what i'm saying it's 100 percent accurate yeah, because yeah. that's what, what it is yeah exactly uh from at rachel journeys the philadelphia story it's from 1940 and parts of it haven't aged well but it's a top-notch comedy with amazing performances from Cary grant katherine hepburn and jimmy stewart for which he won his only competitive oscar classic hollywood at its finest i the only philadelphia i know of is the one with tom hanks and about aids so that's, hopefully this one's better that's, it's not a, they're not yeah. okay it's you're you're great man it's perfect you're fine uh yes uh and finally from avery i don't know why but father of the bride gets me every time even though it's so bad correct on both counts avery robbie what is your response i had an answer uh but then josh answered princess bride and i went no you're oh, right princess Rob, bride is the right was answer. Your answer going to be rather than princess bride <laughs> uh i think i actually forgot it um but oh, okay it is i mean i princess bride is right i like it and it is actually important to the story of Princess Bride. I think that's actually what swayed mm-hmm. me is that, you know, Princess Bride is centers around 
that fairy tale idea, you know, and the subversions around the fairy tale ideal. And it's just I, I, our our friend of the show, Andrew Andrew Bloom, uh, has often called Princess Bride a perfect movie, and it's hard for me to disagree. So I cannot. Use yeah, it I gotta as, agree there. Can't, can't, hard for me not to use it as an answer. Matt, what is your answer? I need Princess Bride as well. Like as soon as you asked this question, I was like, "Oh, Princess Bride," and I, I would have to think. I mean, Princess Bride is the best one, but I will say, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights is kind of a close second. Uh, there's a wedding slash a hanging slash you know ending fight. Uh, there's ironed underwear, so it's a very close second. But you can't beat Princess Bride. I, I was gonna say, Matt, like <laughs> Robin Hood Men in Tights is just a is like <laughs> if <laughs> Princess Bride. It, on the scale of Princess Brides, Robin Hood Men of Tights is like a solid five to maybe a six Princess Brides out of ten. Like it's not. Oh yeah. It there's just that clear. Like obviously, I still have a very soft spot for Robin Hood Men of Tights. It is not. <laughs> it is not a good movie by any estimation. It has some very. I mean, it's there's very, probably a lot of nostalgia there. Have you rewatched it anytime recently, man? I have actually just last Ooh. week. Okay, I just last time I watched, I'm like, oh boy, this is not aged super well. There's a lot of things I don't like, and a lot of oh boy. I mean, Dave Chappelle is one of them. Uh, he is not aged well. That is well. true. That is true. That's for sure. Nope. Um, but Princess Bride is a classic. It's it's great. Next week's question, we're gonna I'm going back to the well, man. I don't care. Okay, last this week was next best movie with a wedding. This question, best movie with a baby in it. And I don't hear it would be very boy. clear. Yeah. This is I don't care like if there is a baby on screen and I and and you count it, then it counts, okay? Doesn't have to be like a movie about a baby. <laughs> a movie with a baby. Just don't answer Ghostbusters 2. That is my only rule. That Ghostbusters 2 doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. Why doesn't it count? Because it's bad. Because a baby gets Because uh, it's very well, bad. Uh, yeah, it is bad. It's literally that's fair. I don't know if you, it I, is, but I have not watched Ghostbusters two since like the early two thousands, so I forget why it's bad. I really need. I to, mean, uh, okay, Ghostbusters two isn't necessarily bad. Okay, it's very watchable, but it is literally the same movie as the first one. <laughs> it is the same movie with a baby. That's all that happens. They just do the same beats. Like you overlay those two movies together, it is the same story beats. There's just a baby around. Like it's there's they they still have. Yeah, at the very end of the movie, they don't have a big giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Instead, they have a giant Statue of Liberty. And how did the, what, how does that goo work? It doesn't. It's all made up. It's all making like, this nonsense. Like, Vigo is the only reason. To, like, yeah, Vigo is great. I can't argue with against Vigo. But other than that, that movie is like uh, Venkman and, and Dana Barrett. They broke up in between the movies just so they could get back together in another in the new movie. Like, that's the only reason the only reason there's no other reason they again okay whatever um so next week i'll post that on our uh, social media twitter at simpsons show pod emails to simpsons show pod at gmail.com and again it's posted on our patreon but uh, i'll post it publicly on our patreon so you can answer it just by being a patreon member not even a supporter uh we can move on to our next segment it's time for the new google trivia challenge i am too smart i am too smart S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard and try and stump the other. Matt has a two-point lead on me. And we are running out. This is the 16th episode of the season. We're running. I'm running out of runway. 
All right. I need to. I don't think. Yeah, I think you still got this. I mean, I did go very hard on you this week, so it's possible. Oh, dang. All right. All right. All right. Um, I, 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 I got to pull the punch. I can't pull my punches anymore, man. Okay. I got to I got to go hard. Okay. Um, you're you ready for an easy question. I'm ready. Uh, Mo dates who in Dumbbell Indemnity? Um, oh, God. That's the easy question. Dumbbell Indemnity. Um, oh, I believe her name is Renee. That's correct. Okay. Well, okay, let's go with the actress's name. That works. Um, no, wait, that's Helen Hunt, isn't it? Sorry. It is. It's it not is. Renee Russo. It's okay. not Renee Russo. It's Helen Hunt. Okay. They, they are different people. They are different people. Yes. <laughs> Bland blondes. Yep. That's hey, um, that's... Anyway. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Your easy question. Mm-hmm. What medical procedure does Mo undergo in Pygmalion? I mean, everything, doesn't he? Like, isn't that the, that's the... I mean, well, the main thing that happens to him. I mean, he gets like a facelift or a, something. Yeah, yeah, I was going for plastic surgery, facelift, something in that vein. So, yes. Uh, but he gets his, like, he gets his whole, he looks like a new person. It's, I mean, obviously it doesn't... I think he just stands up straight. He gets magic. That's what happens, Matt. Magic. Yeah, he gets magic, ma- exactly. magic happens to him. Okay, Matt. In Dumbbell Indemnity... It is called out specifically. Which parking spot did Mo park in for before Homer, you know, committed insurance fraud? Um, oh God, I want to say it's like eight H, something like that. Is that your final answer? Yeah, seven A. Seven A, of course, of course. It was a letter and number. I got that part right. You did indeed. <laughs> all right, all right. Your medium question. What color are coma fantasies in the scripts for It Never Ends? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, I don't remember, but I do know colors. So they are red. I'm sorry. They're in goldenrod. Dreams are pink. Uh, coma fantasies are goldenrod. That's not even the only goldenrod joke the Simpsons have ever made. No, it's not, because there's the one where Lisa's making copies. Yeah. 100 yellow. <laughs> It's a good episode, man. It is. At least they are kind of close. It's great. Love that episode. Um, your hard question, man. What book does Homer check out while in jail? Um, isn't it How to Tunnel Out of Jail? Is that your final answer? Yes. How strict should I be? I mean, is it? Is it I mean, it's How to Escape from Jail or something like that? It's How to Tunnel Out of Prison. Prison. Oh, my God. <laughs> the difference between prison and jail. Mm. I'm gonna. We're gonna do something real quick, man. Okay. I'm gonna fact check myself. Mm-hmm. It is how to tunnel out of prison. I was correct. Uh, I didn't miss miss uh, misread. So, Matt, I'm unfortunately gonna have to give you no points. Wow, we're being real specific today. Okay, I'm gonna okay. be. I, it's a hard. I think it's a hard question. I think if it was the medium question or something similar, I would have given you partial credit. But hard question. Okay, I'm okay. gonna give you the points. I'm sorry. So for your hard question, oh God Almighty! <laughs> in the bartender competition at the beginning of Pygmalion, who are the other com- uh, contestants and where are they from? Oh no. Um, there's a lady with boobs, big boobs. I don't know, like I, I I don't remember her name. Uh, I think she's at she like works at the Hooters joke knockoff knockers knock. It's a Hooters knockoff called Knockers. I think that's from that episode. Uh, I don't like her name is some like 
boob joke. A bad boob joke, I think. I don't remember her name, though. Uh, it, it, I, there is her is i think duffman is emceeing the event so he's he's introducing them i'm pretty sure um and there's three of them so it'd be mo her and are you asking like where they're from like where they're born or what bar they they work at as part of their introduction it is announced where oh, the, the bar god al- oh god almighty then i don't know i have no idea um like uh uh, uh boob lady uh <laughs> <laughs> works at knockers um on the, out on the interstate uh and then there is the, the third what the third is some i think it's like i want to say i like it's a bro character or it's like a dog or something i can't remember though so please just tell me how wrong i am okay it is michael finn from the green potato pub at o'hare <sighs> Air, and titania from juggernauts in hollywood Juggernauts. <laughs> And oh, it's so it's it's the Ire, Ireland joke. It's the Iron character, Ireland Irish, Irish stereotype. Uh, can't get enough of those. My God, um, Titania. Oh boy, God. I thought I was trying to do my best to like. Oh, maybe they didn't make a really bad boob pun. They uh, <laughs> did. I shouldn't think too highly of the skull ears. I guess. Um. Okay, Matt both and I have got we tied today, um, one point each because Robbie thinks there's a I'm, huge difference between I'm, jail and prison. I mean, there is, even though despite the fact Homer yeah, is in jail, <laughs> Homer is in jail. The book does say prison. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I'm yeah. going by Je- Jeopardy. I try and stick stick to Jeopardy ruling on the hard questions, and I think you got to put yourself in the mind of Alex Trebek. Uh, re- may he rest in peace. You know, uh, you got to be mean sometimes. Or, or the producers of Jeopardy who actually make the decisions. Hey, don't ruin my don't ruin my headcanon about Alex Trebek's <laughs> jurisdictions. Okay, he was the master. How you ruled the Jeopardy uh, judging with an iron fist. Yeah, exactly. Ruled the judges repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. That's all right. I, that's I. I like to keep it in my mind that way. It may not be accurate. I don't care. Uh, it doesn't hurt anyone. From that doesn't hurt anyone. Okay, if I think that one way or the other. Hmm. Okay, I guess Matt has very hard, hard, hard opinions about the these Jeopardy rulings. Wouldn't be the first time he's had a, a hard opinion about Jeopardy-related things. That's true. Just a stickler, Matt. Um, that'll do it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. Segment we had every single episode. With. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as so we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. And how good they are. All right. This episode is not terrible. I, Lisa the Drama Queen is our currently highest rated number uh, season 20 episode so far. And that is number 264. I think this episode is certainly better than that. I would 100% agree. Okay, Matt. So, okay. we This is, I think, an easy an easy comparison point because we've watched it very recently. Take My Wife's Lees, which we watched for last month's bonus episode. Is this, is this episode better than Take My Wife's Lees? Oh, man. Since we have recently watched this, I'm going to say no. Take My, um, Take my Wife's Lees has... It's way better than I remember it being. It is a lot better than we remember. Mostly because it's funny. It carries a lot of weight. It, it's that Take My Wife's Lees, rewatching it, 
it has a, a lot of really good jokes in it. Um, it and I'm it is not. I, I hesitate to call it a good episode still, but it is much better. Well, of course not. No, it's still very silly and goes off the rails. But there, it it is again. It has things that it's pointing towards, and if it was a little bit more well developed, and probably if they took it more seriously, it could have actually you know said something and been about something. But instead, it just kind of it gets cl- it, it it glances at things and then kind of just just like and let's have a sword fight, but with motorcycles. Um, I think I agree with you. I think Take My Way Sleeves is better than this. Um, but I don't know. Hunka Hunka Burns and Love is right below that. And that one, I think, is very comparable to this because you have a Simpsons semi-side character, but a close one, falling in love with somebody. And while this one ends with Mo contemplating chopping parts of his body out, a hunk of hunk of Burns in love uh, ends with Homer and Mr. Burns uh, saving her. No, someone saving Homer from a burning building. <laughs> that snake is holding him hostage in. So six of one, half dozen other kind of thing. It's yeah, I think it's it's a fair comparison point. I I'm gonna say I like I I think this one is better than that. I think this is yeah. I I think one largely because I just I, I find Mo more likable than Mister Burns, largely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's relatively easy for me just to go. I'd rather root for Mo than I'd rather root for Mister Burns to find love or whatever. Um, even though Julia Louis Dreyfus is. Always wonderful. That's true. Uh, so that's that's it. We have we have found a spot uh, for Eeny, which the title is just Eeny. Again, don't make a, a, a don't make a small a small person joke in an episode about a little person. Like it's just so they can't help themselves. It's just like oh, you know, would be funny. Let's do that. Eeny uh, Teeny Mimo is a new number two sixty one on our list, right? Uh, below, take my wife's sleeves. Right above, a hunk, hunk of burns and love it is the the seventy first post in the post golden years ranking, which is honestly not that bad. Not that bad. It's all right. Uh, it's, it's certainly our highest ranked twenty season twenty episode so far. Um, but we're not done. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer. The question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? I think it stays. I think it's part of the I, I think so, too. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking, you know what? This episode is not horribly bad in awful ways, but also, you know, um, like it's, it, it is a good Mo episode, just in general. Yeah. This is a, a Mo episode that I, it, it does, it's not just full of suicide jokes. It treats him like a real person. I think that's ultimately what I, all I really want. Is it to take him seriously, and now he's just not there for jokes, which is a problem not just with Mo, but with almost all the characters in the post Golden Years. It's just they just they're just vehicles for jokes. You don't treat them like real people. And this episode, they he's treated like a real person. I wish Maya had more, but she is also just she is more than just little person jokes. Okay, which is what I was expecting. I was kind of waiting and dreading this is just going to be a bunch of just a vehicle for little person jokes, and it's all it would be. But there certainly there's an element of it. But they largely shy away from it. So it stays. It is a part of the canon. Um, so we don't have to fire the canon today. At least there we can go to the top list and work our way down. As we answer that question about every 
single episode, we are at number 109, which is Springfield with a dollar sign. It's a little wacky, but I love it. That's I mean, what I, have to say. I think Springfield with a dollar sign it is it is it's funny. It is very silly, um, but that is kind of where we're are, where we're at in these this this area of the ranking of the list is like it's silly, and maybe it doesn't have as much character development as you want. They really drop the ball with Marge here at the end of the episode, especially. Um, which they've done, they do multiple times in this kind of this five, six, seven era. You know, like they have Marge episodes that they never quite develop her all the way at the end. Um, but there's still stuff there, and it's still very funny, and it's it's still obviously canon. Yeah, Springfield Dollar Sign is. I still still think it's a, a very good episode, a lot of fun. Um, it it's definitely canon. There's not a debate about that. I don't think. I don't. I don't have an issue with it being in the canon, Matt. I presume you don't either. Not at all. No, not at all. Um, so that's it for that. Um, we have, Matt, our next episode of The Simpsons <laughs> is Uh-oh. The Good, The Sad, and The Drugly. The hell is this supposed to be? Bart sets up Milhouse to take the fall for a prank. The two of them pulled, and the duo's friendship becomes strained when Bart falls for a terrible girl named Jenny. So it's, uh, what's the one with Samantha Stanky? <laughs> basically that bart's friend falls in love that's the one well i keep forgetting how basic the titles used to be that's stupid puns but i mean it's bart falling in love with jenny is played by anne hathaway oh of course i i mean i i enjoy anne hathaway i think she's a good actress i don't think i don't have i try not to have any hope uh (laughs) in these episodes um we'll see i don't the title makes me go ugh. so there's that the good, the sad, the drugly, but maybe it will be okay. Maybe. Maybe if we're very, very lucky. If we're very, very lucky. Uh, that's next time. You can watch along with us um, and obviously support the show or our Patreon. You can find a link there on our website, which is thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to everything, all our Twitters and our RSS feed and our Patreon and all that stuff is there. Uh, support the show. We obviously appreciate you. Um, that's it for today. Before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com. It has links to all the things, all my all my things I do online, especially my novels. My newest horror novel is called Killer Hockey Mascot. It's about a killer hockey mascot. You go check it out. Uh, and obviously, I've written a Halloween novel. It's called Warren Halloween. It is perfect for the Halloween season. If you're looking for a spooky read that is all about Halloween... Warren Halloween is there for you. I wrote it for that explicit purpose. It is a book I always love. Halloween stories around Halloween. And that is what this is. It is about how Halloween is necessary and great. We should defend it. Um, You can find that on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. And all my books are there. I I have a lot of books. You go read them. Appreciate that. I have a new one coming out soon. Uh, that will go on my, you can also subscribe to my newsletter, which is on my website too, which also will tell you when I have new books out and give you pre-order links and all that stuff. I just, there's so much, man. So much. Um, appreciate everyone who has already done those things. Uh, you're the best. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. Uh, I spend all of my time taking care of kittens and their various maladies. Uh, if you would like to see some of the most adorable kittens you'll ever see in your life, you can check them out at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, uh, and just revel in the absolute adorableness and the fact that you, too, if you live in the Central Florida area, could possibly have these incredibly adorable kittens. Uh, if you guys would like it, love it, 
uh, check them out. And uh, if you need some kittens, hit us up. I I endorse this product. What is it? Matt? I can't. This I endorse this this uh, event or product. Event or product. Event. I endorse this event or product. I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt. Hey, what is it? <laughs> Was that a pre-recorded one? <laughs> Shh.